And don't leave any opportunity on the table if it could possibly lead to a greater outcome for you to perform in a moment's notice. This is To The Nines Podcast. I am your host, Tiffany Wicks, a mom of seven who doesn't subscribe to the idea that you have to choose between your family and a career. I am on a mission to show the stay-at-home mom who has lost herself in childcare and cocomelon and the overworked corporate holdout who isn't finding joy and purpose in their career that they can work for themselves, making an impact and an income that serves your dream life. After leaving my nursing career to raise our family, I needed more mental stimulation, but didn't want to give up the privilege of raising our legacy. I've been in network marketing now for five years. I know the strategy and mindset it takes to be successful and to live a life aligned with your values and your purpose. Join me as I share my business tips, marketing mistakes, attitude shifts you need to space out some time for you, or ditch your nine to five completely and start working for yourself. You have the power to change your life. Let's get started. This is just the beginning. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode two, where we are going to talk about training. And you're like, training, what in the world could that possibly mean? Well, listen to this quote. My husband said it the other day, and I was like, wait, stop. I'm going to need you to repeat that. And what he said, and I don't even recall the context that he was saying it in, but what he said was, nobody rises to the occasion. They fall to the level of their highest training. And I, that was such an impactful moment because I got to thinking, oh my gosh, you're right. As a nurse, I trained how to, you know, save a kid from choking. How often did I have a kid choke? Well, actually once. That was my kid. Um, and he was eating beans when he was like 11 months old. And sure enough, he started choking. I had not trained on how to do the Heimlich maneuver or, you know, how to position an infant on your lap so you can get, you know, a foreign object out of their throat. I have not practiced that in years and years and years, but it was as if I had not even missed a moment. And I immediately ripped him out of his high chair seat, turned him around backwards, gave him two heavy back blows and out came the bean onto the floor he's crying he's which is great because if they're crying that means they're breathing and I didn't I didn't miss a beat on it and it wasn't because I had continuously done the thing it's because my higher level highest rather level of education in choke management for children had been to do those particular steps. Now, had that bean not come out with a couple of back blows, I probably would have to been like, oh, what happens next? But that is the basic um, parts of, you know, foreign object removal from a child. And thank God it worked. I didn't have to think about it. Had I had to rise to the occasion and not had any training whatsoever, it probably would have looked like, a mom standing in front of her choking kid, which I've seen plenty of videos of, and I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying they stand here just screaming for help. Anybody, anybody, can you help me? Can you help me? Because they haven't been trained in anything on how to help their kid or how to help a stranger. So when it comes to rising to the occasion, what does that mean? Let's unpack that a little bit because I hear it often and I think it is inaccurate in a lot of ways. So let's just set the stage here. 
there's an actual stage and your boss comes up to you and says, hey, Samantha, our example here is going to be a woman named Samantha. I'm going to need you to step out on that stage and I'm going to need you to deliver a five minute speech, you know, make it impactful about how to, I don't know, how to market tennis shoes to bunny rabbits. She's going to say, okay, now, has she ever had any formal orator training? Has she ever actually given a speech? Has she ever spoken to a room of more than five people in her small team? And now she's got to give a presentation to the entire company, which, you know, in our example is going to consist of somewhere between 35 and 50 people. Has she ever done that? Has she ever spoken into a microphone? Has she ever practiced looking people in the face, moving around a crowd, actually scanning for um, signals that people are engaged in the conversation? Or no, nothing? If she hasn't been trained in anything in terms of public speaking, what do you think she's going to divert to? It's going to be the highest level of her training. And if the highest level of training has been talking to about five people, you can imagine if she steps out on stage at all, she is going to look at maybe the first two people in the front row. She's not going to move. She's going to be clinging desperately to every eye movement, head nod, whatever sort of body language that they have, showing her that they're listening, paying attention, that what she has to say is relevant, um, that it's hitting with them. I mean, I don't even know if she's going to look for those type of clues. She is just not going, it's not going to be a very riveting speech, most likely. So now let's take the example of Jason. And I don't know why I'm using a man versus a woman, but I just am. (laughs) So let's just take example, Jason. He has been taught how to do public speaking. He's taken a few seminars. He's actually delivered a few speeches himself. Maybe he has a side gig where he talks on YouTube about, you know, who knows what. Perhaps it's, you know, stuffing sunflower pillows with barley. You guys, I don't know where these examples are coming up. They are just literally flying in my head and coming right back out my mouth. So if they are not hitting with you, so sorry. That's the way my brain works. All right. So Jason now has a little bit of formal education and training, although he's never delivered to a speech, you know, to this size of an audience, but he's at least delivered a speech. He's been in front of a camera. He knows a little bit about body language and positioning and how to involve the crowd and how to ask questions and seek engagement. So here he is. He steps out on stage and people are, oh, yay, look, it's Jason, you know, hands clapping. And he's like, hey, everybody. All right. So listen, here's here's how my morning started off. So he starts with a personalized story because he wants to engage the crowd. He wants to bring down their defenses a little bit about how they're going to market tennis shoes to bunny rabbits. And he starts talking. He gets them laughing. Now they're a little bit looser. Okay, great. Now he can start talking about the actual market marketing techniques that his boss wanted him to deliver. Next thing you know, 10 minutes have gone by and it is a incredibly riveting speech. He is doing a phenomenal job. Did he rise to the occasion? Or now would Samantha have been able to do the same thing with the lack of training? Most likely no. Most likely no. She would have only been able to do what her lowest or what her highest level of training was just like he was able to. Now, if you take a third example, who is a, you know, trained professional, they would have had the speech prepared, whatever, they've given tons and tons of speeches, they most likely would have done even better still. But they have fallen down to the highest level of their training. So listen, 
if you want to apply this to life and family, um, because that's what we talk about here. We talk about life. We talk about business. We talk about family. And I'm going to use children as an example. So perhaps you're one of the many millions of Americans who have a child. You've never taken a parenting class. You've never even read a book about childhood development, psychosocial development, physical development, sexual development, nothing. You have no idea that children are not just small adults. They are completely different in how they develop their capabilities, their mental aptitude, um, their level of understanding. If you've never taken a class whatsoever, you're probably the person who's screaming at your kid in front of the grocery store and losing your mind rather than keeping it calm and actually going down to the level of their basic level of training of understanding, which is going to be pretty low because they're children. Now, if you are a person who is incredibly invested in reading about children because you're having children and they're a huge part of your life, you spend, I mean, most moms at least, or dads, if you're a partner who stays home and you're a dad, um, you spend an awful lot of your day. I mean, gosh, when I add up my days, how many hours do I spend with my kids? Let's see, I'm up by 6.15. I always have a kid with me and I put them to bed by 8.30. If So that's over, you know, 14 hours. And then if you count the teenagers who go to bed later, that's anywhere between 14 and 16 hours. I am around my kids every single day. How in the world do you think anyone would be a solid parent if they didn't study at all anything about kids? Personally, I don't know. I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying I don't know how you get through life without being really frustrated or really disappointed either in yourself or your children without having some level of training in what it is to raise kids and how they develop. So if you want to be your best self in either your corporate capacity, you're going to have to have more training. If you want to be your best self in your personal life and raising family, guess what? You're going to have to have some training. If you want to be your best self in your business life, Not your W-2, that was the corporate example that I talked about. But if you want to be your best self in your business, your online business, like what I do, you're going to have to have training. So yes, you're going to have to invest in yourself. Now, what could that possibly look like? Well, if you're talking about the corporate career, most likely your corporate office has some sort of training opportunity available. Um, If it's through... The uh, human resources department, fantastic. If not, they might have trainers that they bring into your company. Take advantage of those opportunities to get a little bit better. Even if you're sitting in your cubicle right now and you're like, I'm never going to have to deliver a speech on marketing tennis shoes to bunny rabbits. Definitely won't need that training. Like, think again, Buster. You might. And if you go into the rest of your life thinking, I'm never, ever going to need this training, so why would I take it? You are shortchanging yourself. Personally, I think you should take every training available that comes your way because you never even know when, A, you're going to use it, or B, when you can see receive compound interest on that training. Meaning, you have some basic level of training. You never know when it's going to you know, be called up to the carpet to be used. But moreover, it'll help develop your entire ethos of who you are and the bag of tricks that you're willing to dump into, right, Um, to pull out at any time. 
So as a parent, I mean, geez, there are parenting workshops. There are podcasts that you can listen to. There are books galore. There are DVD sets. There is an endless supply of parenting stuff. All right. So I'm just going to stop you right here because I know exactly what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, because I used to think the same thing, well, there are so many different parenting philosophies. How in the world would I know which ones to partake in? And you know what? You'd absolutely be right. When I had kids a few kids. I mean, clearly I have kids. But if I had, or not if, but when I had a few of them, I <laughs> I read books about tiger parenting. Okay, if you don't know what that is, look it up. It's pretty intense. Because I didn't know what kind of parent I wanted to be. I didn't have a set of parents that made me want to emulate what they were doing. So I had to find my own way. And I knew I was not going to get to be the kind of parent I wanted if I just relied on my highest level of education, which was going to be my experience being raised by people who also never read a parenting book. I can pretty much guarantee that without ever asking. (laughs) And didn't invest in their family like we were not their legacy um I don't they don't have a legacy they were just trying to get by right when you're living in a state of survival you you're different you know your your demeanor is different your body is different your the way you react with people it's just different so when you cross over that threshold from surviving to thriving is really when you can start looking outside of your own self and start caring about the people around you and a lot of time that even includes your kids so for me I knew I didn't want to be and I wasn't going to be I had already gone to college which was more than what anyone in my family history had ever done I had already made it through my teenage years without having you know a um, a child out of wedlock which was more than what anyone else in my family had done And, you know, I was on the path. I had made a very calculated and intentional decision to change the course of my entire life for the rest of my life. And I knew that if I had ever had kids, I wanted to be the very best parent I could be. But that would mean I'd have to learn more because all I knew was what I grew up with. And I grew up with a mom and dad who yelled a lot. I grew up with a lot of punishment. So yes, spankings that turned into other things when I got older. Um, you know, lots of yelling, lots of screaming, lots of name calling. You know, just golly, it's not a great way to grow up. And you don't want, I mean, I don't want to raise kids like that at all. So I knew I needed more education. And after reading the Tiger Mom book, I was like, a little intense for me. Um, I don't know that I want it to be quite like that. So then I read a gentle parenting book when I was like, well, that's very relaxed. Um, not so sure that I really want my kids the freedom to call me whatever they want when they want because that's the way they're feeling. Um, nope, there's got to be something in the middle. So from the two paradigms of tiger mom to completely relaxed, your kids do whatever they want mom, I was able to form a strategy where my husband and I sit pretty solidly in the middle and depending on, you know, circumstance, kid, whatever, we can very easily kind of slide to the left or the right. Um, Disrespect is still never going to be an option in my house. However, we do encourage conversations with our kids uh, that will help develop their ability to talk to other adults, challenge authority in a respectful way, and to have a conversation when you feel like things are unjust 
or you need further clarification, one thing they have always had the confidence in doing is challenging authority in a respectful way. And I think, I mean, I know, I know it's because we've encouraged that in our house, which means, yes, they can challenge what we say. And that's going to be okay with us as long as it's done in a respectful way. And they know at the end of the day, we still hold the keys to the kingdom. We can still say yes, we can still say no. So there you are. The gist of this episode today is centered all around taking opportunities to develop who you are, develop your entire purpose, and don't leave any opportunity on the table if it could possibly lead to a greater outcome for you to perform in a moment's notice. If you have to give a speech, you want to have spoken prior to that. If you're going to be raising children, you want to have some experience and some knowledge on how they develop. If you want to start a business, then you probably ought to go to some sort of a seminar on how to develop a business, what sort of systems to put in place, who you can hire to help you, what is essential that you perform versus what other people could take off of your plate. I mean, there's just so much education everywhere regarding all the topics we discussed that there really isn't an excuse to not perform at your highest level when there's high levels of education available. I never said the best. You don't have to be the best. Good Lord. If that's what you strive for, you will be a complete nutcase, stressed out bag of cortisol by the end of the day. That's never, never the goal. That never should be the goal. The goal here should be being at your very best, even when you're at your worst. So, hey, thanks for dropping in today and listening. Uh, I would love to have your feedback. Come back, rate the podcast, leave me a message. I would love to hear from you. Ciao.